Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Well, we are back with you again, and thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Rick Hunter and myself, as we walk through Jesus' stories using the book of Mark. We are in Mark chapter 6, just beginning the chapter today. Uh, I want to also let you know that Rick now has his own YouTube channel that is linked to ours, and as of the time we're recording this, it has the midweek Bible classes and a sermon he preached here, but... We hope that by the time you're watching this, that more original content's going on it. And so make sure you look up Rick Hunter, and then one word, Sun Force, like the Son of God. So an O, S-O-N-F-O-R-C-E, Sun Force Media. Put Rick Hunter, Sun Force Media in your search, and it should take you right to his channel. So, that. so good to see you, brother. It's good to see you as yeah. well. Yeah, we've been all over the world since the last time we sat down here. <laughs> and, and, and you had some good ventures in Arkansas that you had shared. Yeah. And, uh, Washington State. And, yeah, it's amazing. Well, let's, let's tuck in. <clears throat> we were getting a great response, especially on podcast. Uh, verse 1, Mark 6. Jesus left there, went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in a synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this a carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and a brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, the prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his own relatives, in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Well, a couple of things here. I, I, I don't have a great weighty thing here, so if you do, feel free to jump in. One is, take a look at the questions that are in... Verses 2 and 3. What is not in the question? You, you, we, they cover a lot of ground. What happens is when people start throwing out those questions, we tend to see what is there, but we don't tend to see what isn't there. There is nothing here to critique what he is saying. There is nothing here to deal with the substance of what Jesus is teaching. It's all, it's coming from the wrong place. We haven't heard it like this before. Who is this guy to be talking to us? We thought he was just, but there's nothing grabbing the meat of his words. That's one of those things that you, you don't notice unless you're used to looking for what's not there. They, if they engaged with what he actually said, they would have learned a whole lot more and might have actually followed him. 
But because they didn't engage and all they did was flood the field with questions about everything else, they didn't have to deal or engage. It's rather like I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And I can remember listening to a guy stand up. He was dressed shabbily. And at a time when, when you went to church, you really dressed up. But he was shabbily, had long hippie style hair. And he talked to us about love. And I, as a teenager, could not hear him because I was too busy judging him. Mm-hmm. Who is this guy? If he really believed the Bible, why would he dress like this? You know, our, we had weird ideas about what the Bible said. So, but my whole point is, I know what these people are doing because I've done it. I didn't have to deal. I mean, it was as if um, we were very anti-Catholic growing up as well. If a Catholic Pope like John Paul were to say something really wonderful, we couldn't hear it. Because mm-hmm. we'd say, who is he? He dresses like that. He's part of that church. It's a struggle to remain open and to hear voices coming from places you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't want to deal with the verses 4 and, uh, and 5 and 6 until you get a chance to jump in there. Did you? You uh, made a, a very interesting comment, especially... <clears throat> In the times that this era, I'll put it like era, so people are not thinking the last few years, but this era when uh, social media uh, started coming on the scene and then when it started taking over the scene and then when it became the dominant force of information and understanding globe, at least in the parts of the world that are very de- developed, <laughs> it, it, it dominates how people understand things. And so... Um, today, people look at can look at something and go back and tell them, well, they don't, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm seeing and hearing some stuff over here. Well, if you go back 30 years, you know, or, or more and stuff like that, you had one person normally talking to you uh, about religious things, and that would have been the um, your minister or your right. pastor, mm-hmm. your priest, whatever that was in the church. And then, uh, and then on the scene, at least as Protestant thinking came on, then Billy Graham came on the scene mm-hmm. and held a big sway, but he was about the only right. one. And so you, you're taught, we, 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 we've learned to understand how to do religion and think religion by what context we grew up in. Um, um, I grew up in a context where, as you mentioned, you dress to go to church. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. in, in black culture in North America, you would hear the terminology, your Sunday clothes. Yes. You, you know, yes. Uh, because that's the <clears throat> ones you wore on Sunday mm-hmm. and you did not wear them the rest of the week so that they looked a certain way. Right. And you presented because that was looked at as honor, you know, to God. Right. But it <clears throat> but it leached over. Um, into the um, your ethical and moral betterness, if I can use that word, then than other people, because you respected God enough to do this, and they don't, and then mm-hmm. that became a test of fellowship, yeah. which became salvific. Right. In other words, I can't hear this person because they have nothing to say to me until you get to some point where you start understanding. Uh, uh-uh, it's not about that. It's the content of their walk with God and their character. 
right. uh, and then other people have to say. So I, I can understand that very clearly. Okay, that's wonderful, great. Now here's the tough one. I get, I get verse 4, no, no problems there. A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town, among his own relatives, in his own home. We all know that. We all see that. Um, you can go home, and you've got all these degrees or accomplishments of some sort. Uh, maybe you have a, a, a very successful marriage or a, a business. But when you walk into the house, you're still your parents' kid. Mm-hmm. And it's still, if you go, I don't know what a hometown is like. Because I never had one. Uh, we were, my dad was military, then a missionary. And he didn't get along with people for a long period of time. So we always moved. So I don't know what a hometown is. But many times whenever, especially let's say in the last 20 years. When I veered beyond what I was taught by that one voice mm-hmm. that we, we always heard. People would come at me. Well, you're just that, you're just Bill Mead's kid. Mm-hmm. You're just that kid that was... And I'm going, all right, fair enough. Let's engage with what I said. And they don't engage here at all. So I get that. This is next big. He could not do any miracles. Now, that's the NIV reading. I didn't look at the other readings. Mm-hmm. Is that about the same there? Um, he, yeah. Uh, um, it talks about him. Yeah. Okay. Except lay his hands on a few sick people. Now, when I read this, and you can tell me if I'm just throwing a spin on it. I don't see this as him being unable to do miracles, but rather there were only a few who were willing to have his hands laid on them. So he couldn't do as many miracles as he wanted to because he didn't have as many people come to him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a lack of power of Christ himself. Is that Uh, correct? And also the... um um, as we as we're going to read through this chapter, get a little bit further into it, we're going to start running up upon them bringing sick folk to him. So mm-hmm. we're we're going to catch that point. I think before we get out this chapter that they're they're bringing, and so there was some sense of his of his healing, of him doing something that other people could not do, right. and their immediate benefit. Um, but what you said is actually correct because of where they are. Uh, um, it is their rejection of him, and we're going to pick that up a, a little bit more. Right, where, uh, where they are uh, in uh, faith, not location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, and then and then another way to not another way, an extension of looking at is is it's not saying here that Jesus did not have the power to do great ministry, but he did not have the will. If you understand, okay. to, to do it because they wore him down. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, okay. And, and that's and you and you remember the duality of God. He's he's spirit. You know, he's the God man, the God person. So he's spirit and flesh. And so it's opening that door. He had the power to do it. He could do it. That was not the question. But the attacks, the wearing down, the the, the them distancing themselves from him. Is that? It's, yeah. It's kind of the sense of. You have a couple of children, one of them, you always got to chase them down <laughs> to get them to do anything that's right or to get them to do the right thing. Ultimately, you get less done and do less with them because it's the. And then you have the other child that, you know, you just look at them, this what you need, what you want, right. and they're going, okay, it was, um, so also kind of lump that in because as we move through here, 
his tiredness mm -hmm. and the tiredness of the disciples is going to come up one, yeah. tw two more times. Yeah. See, see the, and so that whole thing is, is kind of rolling out in there. Yeah. Um, I actually experienced what you're talking about. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I was called up to the Chicago area. And one of the Chicago area police forces has mandatory training. They all do. But they'd asked me to come up and do these four-hour sections. Um, three and a half, four hours. You know, morning, then a different group for the afternoon. And I did that for a total of 12, I think it was, sessions. And they spread it out over a week, but it was still exhausting. Completely exhausting. And most of those sections were not successful. I did not connect well. And I did, I did the same thing I've done with all over with federal law enforcement, with law enforcement from Serbia to Canada to the U.S. that was very successful. But some groups would come in and I got them and they got me and I'd call my wife and say, all right, I think I got this figured out. Mm -hmm. Then the next group comes, it flew like a lead turkey. It was mm -hmm. just awful. But I, I sat down trying to figure out what's going on. You always have to look at yourself because it could be you. But these people didn't want to be there. They had to be there. They brought an attitude with them, some of the groups, mm -hmm. that I could not do any good work. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't a Chicagoland cop. I wasn't one of them. Uh, they didn't know who I was. And they didn't want to be there. And it didn't help that... The, the commander of the unit kept coming in yelling at them to put their mask on again. You know, and you could tell the resentment was great. And so I get that. You know, I've, um, I imagine as a minister, you've experienced driving away from a meeting going, that just didn't work. Something went wrong. If not, that's mm -hmm. terrific. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've driven all the way home going, wow, that was a waste of time. Theirs and mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. So I get what you're saying. I, I wouldn't have wouldn't have gone that way yeah. without you. Yeah, that that, that is, um, and that's one of the interesting parts of ministry. <clears throat> A lot of times, when on the human side, you you feel that you have not lived up to your energy and your thoughts and what you wanted to get across, what you wanted to do. And that depression gets in, and that's going to be interesting because it comes up it in this chapter. That depression comes in. And somewhere down the road, you start getting calls, you hear people calling and stuff like that. You know what? You blessed our life. You did this. You don't know what mm -hmm. you did here. And you were thinking, I'm never going back. If they call me again, I'm not <laughs> going back, back, back there. Mm -hmm. And then it's been, you've been in times where you said, you know what? The Lord is really doing a great work there. And before you get home, you get a call and say, you, you know, we need to come back because what you did didn't work. <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> this time yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, um, it, I, are we getting? If we're not getting ready to get through it, there's a couple of other points I want to sure. make sure we, we get to. If uh, go, oh, okay, no, sure. Then um, uh, I want to push back uh, um, verse two and three. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him with, were astonished, saying, "Where did this man get the uh, get these things from? And what wisdom uh, is this which is given to him that such mighty works?" Are performed by his hands, and so you have now you're starting to get a tension between a Pharisaic, Sadducees, Essenes, the scribes, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of those were the uh, Jewish kind of 
hierarchy right. that that wasn't just religious per se because religion and nationalism were the, were combined mm -hmm. it was one thing and um and so so you're getting starting to get that tension that's in there they're they're seeing the fact that he's doing things he's physically doing things that we've been talking about or either we've been having rituals that show a thing being done like being cleansed or something like mm -hmm. that but we're really not changing anything we're going through a ritual he's actually doing it which means the people that are following us are going to start following him and so you start getting that divide you know um you know right there because they're starting to and they're they're thinking totally on the not totally, but basically on the earthly sense, it looks like we're going to lose power and power. authority and, and everything that goes along with it, and he's going to get it. And so then at verse 3, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Hosea, Judas, uh, and Simon are, are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Now, this scripture right here is thought to be <laughs> okay, so, so we, we, we're all watching what's going on um, in our government and stuff like that, what's going on across the world. Okay, this was a kind of veiled attack on Jesus because in that culture, you never identified a boy, you know, or a male as the son of the female. It was always, it should have been his father's name mm -hmm. right there, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. uh, um, you know, he, 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 his father's name should have been there, but they call him the son of Mary. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was, that was one thing. Now, the people that were hearing that would have picked up on that right yes. away, yeah. you, you know, uh, um, the, his dad's name. And then the other part of it is that they were putting a dig in on him. Isn't he the exactly. one that's illegitimate? Exactly. Isn't he the one whose mother? Yep. Okay. Or or in <laughs> or in in street culture today, whose mama? Mm -hmm. You know, did, they weren't married. They didn't have that. Now, the reason that this is important is because when it comes to church and church environments and circles and religion, we tend to think that we're not as petty as that. Uh, People in the world tend to look at the church and say, you all think you're holier than thou. That's why I'm not down there. Mm -hmm. So they need to show up at church on any given time and realize, boy, there's some petty folk in there. Yeah, yeah, so yes, if that's yeah. the case, I thought they were better than us. I may fit act, you know, <laughs> fit in right. with them because I'm as petty as they are. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a dig getting in there. His, his mother wasn't even married. Who, who, he's mm -hmm. illegitimate. He don't even have a daddy. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what is he trying to do for us? Okay. Right. Which goes back to what you said um, earlier. Um, you know, in the fact that they're trying to, you know, say that, you know, well, maybe he's not, we're better than him. You, you know, we're, you know, we're, at, we're better than him is where they're trying to go with that. And they started attacking him that kind of way. Now, if they went at Jesus that way, then we can start understanding in the church sometimes why we never get any better than that. As you talked earlier, we heard our one voice in front of us. Mm -hmm. If you go on Facebook now and, and, you know, and, and look into any faith tradition that's especially, especially legalistic, you're going to pick up um, 
we do this, those other churches do this, we do exactly. this, and you pick up a lot of it from, I know, our faith tr mm -hmm. tradition. And as I was reading it, um, um, there's something going on in Southern Baptist right now about women in, in ministry. ministry. Yes. That. Okay. And so, so, <laughs> and so in our faith tradition now that they have attacked, attacked that, you know, that Southern Baptist, everything about it. Mm -hmm. But then it comes to this one thing and it says, well, wait, wait a minute. They said that this was wrong. So they were wrong about everything else. They named everything when they came here. I said, even they're saying, you, you know, that's right. So now we ought to listen to them. That's when this one voice in front of us, we have to start realizing, you know what? Everybody has something to say, you yes. know, and if we can hear God's voice in it. Um, did you ever see that video, um, What If God Were One of Us? Yes, uh, yes. Um, okay, first time I saw that, I think... The version I saw was by Madonna. I, I don't know it, it, what you saw. But the first one I saw was by Madonna. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody in class was looking at this, oh, this is heresy, until we get to the end of it and we're discussing, you know, what, mm -hmm. what it is about and saying, you know, that's exactly right. Yes, I, I have uh, actually played that song behind singers before. Yes, so, uh, and always wondered, should I be playing this song? Don't but Because um, if you don't know the song, it was, it's what, 25 years old okay. now, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, what if he was a stranger on the bus just mm -hmm. trying to make his way home? Um, and it's an interesting song. It is. And I always wanted to call the original author and say, uh, check your voicemail. He, he did show up. Mm -hmm. You know, he's here. But again, that last line, he's all, he was amazed at their lack of faith, um, shows us once again that Jesus on earth laid aside some of his deity to be who he was, or at least some aspects of deity, or he wouldn't have been amazed. Mm -hmm. He would have known going in. Know. And also it shoots down the Calvinist idea that God has planned and decided all things ahead of time, because had that happened, then Jesus would have known who was going to have faith and who not. A lot of this is up to us. The way we respond to Jesus is whether or not we get the benefit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So... Anything else you want to do or just start reading it? Uh, uh, it's actually in the middle of verse 6 is where I stopped because, it, you know. Yeah. I think one of the other toys that you brought, there's, an, there's a, a concept here that's starting to develop itself. And, and there's a thought that, that maybe Jesus did not press. Um, verse number 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching, okay? There was a concept that maybe, possibly, Jesus backed off of them a little bit because realizing the more enlightenment he gives to them, the more their heart would be hardened. You know, that, yes. Okay, you know, yes. and so maybe that, that was an act of mercy by him is saying, okay, let me, let me move on. Let me, let me go on because if, if I keep, if this light keeps coming, you're going to reject me, that hardening of the heart. Yeah. And, and, um, and the heart, the way I see it and, and, and however you want to respond, that hardening of the heart is, is a re rejection of God. But you, but I, my best way to see it in this world right now is that when you have children that go against you, you know, or mm -hmm. if you've gone against your parents, 
or if you've gone against um, you know, your family structure or maybe you worked in a corporation and you decide, I'm going to take this place down. I'm going to blow everything up inside mm -hmm. here because I don't like it. That's that hardening, um, that, that, that rejection that you talk about, that hardening you talk about is, is that kind of rejection. And you can really see it in, in children when, say, if, if they just go totally off the rails and you're sitting there looking at them and wondering, what in the world did I do? You, you know, mm -hmm. what could I have done to do that? You know, and you may be in therapy for many years of your life trying to figure it out and come to realize it was, you know, it was just them, you know, and as things were open to them, they, they rejected it more because they would, did not love. They don't want to have that love of God. They don't want to have that kind of relationship or humility before God. I, I think that <clears throat> Paul talked about women saying, uh, if your husband's not a believer, don't use that as the excuse to walk away from them because he says, who knows, but they may be won by your purity of life mm -hmm. uh, without a word. Mm -hmm. you know, Peter talks a little exactly. bit about that as well. Without a word. And there's no question that when people are pushed, they tend to either withdraw or push back. Mm -hmm. But what they don't do is stop and listen because they feel that attack. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I got to speak at a Catholic church years ago. When my father got wind of it, he said, what are you going to preach about? And I said, I'm just going to talk to him about a couple of Jesus stories. And he was going, if, if I had that opportunity, I'd preach against this, that. And I said, well, there's the point. <laughs> you're never going to get in there if that's what your attitude is. Mm -hmm. uh, and they won't listen. They will, in the first two minutes, realize this is a person who doesn't like us who's an enemy, and they shut. So Jesus is actually giving them a chance to be saved by leaving them alone and backing away. And as I tell people as well, because I get emails often, what do I do about this family or my church or whatever? Sometimes I'll tell you, you may not be the one. Uh, you may not be the one to do this. You may need to withdraw and just live a good life, live a Christian life, and then uh, let God send somebody else to reach them and pull them the next bit. Um, well, let's see who he sends out and what he does then. If you'd read for okay. us. Um, that beginning at verse number seven. Okay. And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff a bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, and to wear sandals and to put on two, and to not and not to put on two tunics. Also, he said to them, "In whatever place you enter a house, wherever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them." Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Just a real, before I let you talk, just a real quick note to those that are following in the NIV. The NIV 
chose to believe that the it's more tolerable for those in Sodom and Gomorrah line was a late addition, and so they removed that verse. Uh, and I love the NIV. I'm just not sure that was the right decision. But the thing which bothers me is they didn't even put it in the textual notes that it's gone. So he didn't make that up. <laughs> That's actually in mm -hmm. uh, quite a few versions of the Bible. So, mm -hmm. all right, I, I just wanted to make mm -hmm. sure they knew that. They knew that. And that's a good thing. I think we talked about that in we different did. translations yeah. and different why, why I have it. And this is always important to, um, um, when you're looking through, especially a, a print version, and that's good why it's always good to have print versions along with the other, because you see the superscriptions and those little notes, the little notes on the yeah. side. And it's important to really, <laughs> to follow along to see some things that were scribal insertions that are thought mm -hmm. and different things like that and that that was good because that's a point that has that that can make this have a different kind of flavor or not a different kind of flavor just open it up a little bit um but calling himself together sending out two by two i don't and most of the time we run by that i just want to take a minute to yeah. do that that was uh of the culture of the day and what jesus was doing sending them out by twos was a thing and so when we read about it here, it just isn't a bypass like we run by it to get to the part where we really want to, uh, want to read about. But it was used, the alms collectors that, that went out, they gave, they always went out two by two. Uh, um, John the Baptist, when he sent out, you know, his disciples, they, they went, you know, in twos. Uh, um, and so this is, it was a cultural practice in many things, partly, maybe partly because um, that was the test of legal legitimacy at the time. So if anything yeah, came yeah. up, you had a, you, it, it took another person Testimony there and two. the two could do. Yeah. And so that, and so there's some thinking there that that may have been part of it, you know, so that whatever, whatever comes up along the line. And so that's important when we're thinking, um, not about just the nuts and bolts of, of spiritual faith and Christianity, but a good way to do things. Um, there are certain um, faith traditions that send out missionaries, and you may notice them because you will see them always two or more. It's always yes. two, and they will be dressed a certain kind of way. And I'm not suggesting we do it, but I'm, what I'm suggesting is you always see two or more, and they'll never send one um, by themselves. And the other part of it is that when you're alone, you have no encouragement. Uh, okay, right. and so the other one is to make sure that you always have encouragement, and that's a significant point for our audience. You want always to put yourself in a situation to be able to be encouraged uh, um, because of the life that we go through, the, the things that happen to us, and Satan is more than trying to isolate the individual. Uh, um, Satan yes. attacks, he attacks the herd. Okay, you, we've all seen the, the uh, wild animal mm -hmm. pictures of Africa and stuff like that. They'll, the lions are tired. They'll, they'll run a herd down until they get tired. And then the weak ones start falling by the side. And that's when they start looking for the one they're going to pick. Ah, well, Satan will run, he will run your family. He will run his herds until he can start picking them off. That, you know, that's part of how he moves. And that's part of how society moves, you know, too, when they want to do something like that. And so that's important I mean, because sometimes a person does not know when they're getting beat down because they're in the process of being beat down. And then there's a time when you need somebody, you know, say, 
Patrick, you, you need to go over in the corner and rest a while. <laughs> you, I, you, I've been sent you, to the you, corner you, you many know, times. <laughs> you know, you, you need to, to stop and get something to, to you know, to, to eat, you know. Now, this like this is very Ecclesiastes. You know, if one falls into a ditch, they need another to pull out. Two would be warm. Mm-hmm. So, you, so I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And you're very right. And one of the cool things about our modern times, and, and we can say all we want to about the brutality of social media and the like, but there are times where even though you may be on your own physically, that there are people on social media that are bringing you up. Mm-hmm. They're watching what you're doing and they're saying, yes, this is good. Hang in there. I appreciate you. Um, I don't think people understand how much that means. Mm-hmm. I mean, the comments that you, you put on the sermons, mm-hmm. you made lovely comments on Rick's sermon here uh, from, I'm trying to think when you're going to watch this and when it was, about a month, I think, or, or so ago. Uh, those things, we feed on those things. Mm-hmm. And it's a way for you to go out with us when we're out there on our own. Mm-hmm. So I'll let, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, I, no, that I, was... Uh, that was good, uh, and, and part of, part of, um, and what we're going to get into in the next verse too. Part of this two by two, but but a part, the thing of encouragement is extremely um, important um, because if we try to replace encouragement with money, or if we try to replace encouragement with human warmth, human touch, human compassion. And if we try to place those two, we lose something in that process. So sometimes we tend to think a person is more successful because they have more money. They buy bigger stuff. And in, and in fact, their pers- there's what God has built life to be and wants it to be is falling less and less behind. So they may have more and more stuff, but they're able to feel where they feel more and more detached you know, and aloof. And I'm not saying that it has to be, but God is part of this. Um, it says that um, at verse number 13, and they cast out many demons mm-hmm. um, and anointed many with oil who were sick and healed them. That, that olive oil, that anointing oil um, would be our expression of the Holy Spirit enjoying us. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is also in in our time, it's used as the same context of that anointing with yes. oil is the anointing of the Holy yes. Spirit. You know, which means if we put the Holy Spirit into where they anoint oil, the Holy Spirit is anointing us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in our faith tradition and any legalistic faith tradition like this, what do you mean anointing? Are you mean that God is doing something super, you know, miraculous? Are you saying that? Okay. And it had nothing to do with that. By anointing us, it just means that the Holy Spirit is covering. You know, uh, as the Holy Spirit is, a, you know, a pleroclete, you know, come, right. come alongside, coming along. There's a, a picture, uh, especially in uh, uh, black culture. And if you ever go into African-American museum and stuff like that or a picture show, you're always going to see it. There'll be two little girls sitting on a corner with their arms over each other's shoulders, just sitting there looking like they're crying through working through something. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit doesn't come in, and then all of a sudden, everything is right, and the sun comes mm-hmm. out. The Holy Spirit comes in, and if you're crying, he sits alongside of you, puts his hands on your yes. shoulder, huh? and says, it's going to be okay. You're, you're going to be okay. This is going you know, to, to be okay. We're going to you know, work 
through. It doesn't, it doesn't push you to say, okay, get over it, you know, wipe your, wipe your eyes, you know, get on about the business of the day. Um, that's not what the Holy Spirit is doing. He enters into your pain. So therefore, he just kind of puts a hand on his shoulder. I understand what you feel. I understand what you're going through, you know. Uh, um, let's, you know, cry together. And sometimes, and when you think about it, the friend that you have that are closest to you are the ones that when you're crying, by the time you get finished talking, they're crying too with yeah. you. And it's not that they can't solve the thing, but they're entering into your pain, your frustration. Yeah, there's a very famous story out of the Holocaust. Uh, I forget which concentration camp it was, you know, Dachau, Auschwitz. Um, when a young boy was hung by the Nazis, in front of everybody. They always made you stand there and watch uh, for the crime of stealing a little bit of bread when he was starving. And one of the men bitterly turned to one of his fellow captives who believed in God and said, where is your God now? And the man said, he's up there with the boy. And so that's pretty much what you've just said. Mm -hmm. um, and remember, Jesus, uh, God, you know, Jesus said that a sparrow does not fall to earth without the father. You know, he won't even let a bird die alone. Mm -hmm. He's going to be with it. And that's brilliant. The, um, I, I'm interested in your take on the, on the next bit. Because I see an intentional setting aside of status. Don't take extra things. Don't take money. Learn to rely upon God to supply your needs. And what happens if you get to a town? Um, and you get really, really great response. Well, what happens sometimes is people want to elevate your circumstances. Wait, you're staying in that hotel? Let's get you over here. You stay at my house. Mm -hmm. And he's telling them, you're not there for status. You're not there to, you know, for any, you are there. You're, if you're in the most humble house, is the only one that will take you. Mm -hmm. And later on, people realize, wait, this is important. Come to my big house. No, this isn't about elevating yourself in the world. This is about being content with what you have and just doing the work. And that's, that's what I see. Mm -hmm. I would assume, because you take notes, and I, so I would assume <laughs> you've got more out of this, so go for it. Tell me what, what you see. Um, where I came to, and my understanding is, is exactly where you, exactly what you expressed, you know, where you are. Uh, um, it was important that when the disciples went out, that they were able to relate to people, and especially the oppressed, especially the poor, yeah. um, because um, that, that's what Jesus, that's one of the reasons that I came, was to set the captive free, and he was not talking, he was not talking about a person behind bars that haven't done that, although that covers that. Mm -hmm. He was talking about those that had been disenfranchised from society. Those who were the, the, the left behinds, the left mm -hmm. out, the, the, the intentionally diminished. Mm -hmm. um, those that were not well uh, um, or either born not, not well. Uh, um, are you familiar with, with the, the Romans had a law, this was ancient law, uh, uh, um, I think it was, Rome, it was a law that, that gave the fathers the absolute authority over the family. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Romana Paxis, there was a law. And so if a child was born, 
that was uh, deformed in any kind of way, the, the father could take the child out and sit it outside the city mm -hmm. gates uh, yep. um, or, or sit it on the slave auction mm -hmm. for anybody to come and get. And then, and if, you underst if we understand that, then we can understand how people who, who are ethically and morally challenged, how they would pick up people like a child and groom them a certain kind of way right. to do certain kinds of things that when you look at them, you say, my God, how could that person do that? But, but see, they, never, they don't know that that was a whole culture mm -hmm. thing that, that went on. And, um, and so it's, it's very much you know, important for them to be able to relate. And then as you stated, um, when the people of means find out about something, so you don't need to be there, you need to be here. Uh, um, you know, because we want to be controlling where everything is going. Anyhow, we want to be at the front of it when, in fact, you need to be speaking for here. And, that, and that's the important thing besides the fact of leaving the lower uh, um, to go to the higher. You, you know, as you mentioned, the Lord said, you know, if, if you're ever, you know, invited in, sit at the back mm -hmm. and don't sit at the front so that when they in if they invite you forward, you are elevated. If I decide to get you there, I'll put you there. Now, if you start at the front and they tell you to get back, um, that's what starts wars. Yeah. That's what gets people killed, and nobody can ever seem to find out what happened to them. You know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you start messing with people, or people can, are fragile. Uh, um, we put on some strong, you know, um, cloaks sometimes, and it's are fragile. And so that is important. Because the, the gospel came not just specifically, but that was an important part of it, was to say people are equal. You, you've got to, now, you may have more of this, may have more of that, but their value to me, you know, is, mm -hmm. is in, in the Lord because they're created. They are my creation. And so everybody's equal in that sense. Yeah, and as the Bible says, the common people heard him gladly. Gladly. I always think of that. It's, it is hard to rely upon God. I mean, we're... Here at our safe harbor, uh, we are 100% relying upon God because we have no well of money to tap into. The soundstage that we, we sit at is donated to us. The lights are powered by solar. Um, we, we go out and do these home visits, you know, um, welcome home tours, we call them. And with all the faith, it's going to be taken care of. It's going to be all right. And God has never let us down. He, he doesn't give us enough to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. But he gives us enough to do our job. And so I see this here as well. Mm -hmm. you know, don't, don't expect the accolades. Don't expect mm -hmm. to come home with your pockets full of cash. Mm -hmm. Do the job. And don't get distracted. Mm -hmm. Do the job. Yeah. Um, and they went out. And it seems very, very successful. We'll find out later that they had trouble with some of the demons mm -hmm. and they wouldn't come out and Jesus used an amazing phrase we're going to get to it eventually guys this kind only comes out yeah. with prayer and fasting yes. mm -hmm. and when that we hit that verse we're going to have some good talks good talk. <laughs> right. yeah. but I would like to note for those um, there there is a sizable group that write about the childlikeness of the people in the first century where well, of course they thought it was a miracle because they thought miracles were everywhere. No, they didn't. They questioned miracles. They questioned things. I mean, these are the people that sat around and looked and figured out the world was round, 
came very close to nailing its diameter, learned about the lever, the fulcrum, you know, mm-hmm. they learned algebra. This all came from these people. They're not stupid. Plus, in the Bible, just please note, they separate demonic possession from sickness. So it is, it is and in fact, Luke will divide demonic uh, possession, epilepsy, and illness. Mm-hmm. So they saw something which was not in the categories that we often think, well, they, you know, people got sick and they thought they had a demon. No, there was a certain set of behaviors uh, that made them say, this is demonic. But they understood epilepsy. And they, un- at least this part, I, mean, I can't talk about the whole world, but the Middle East understood mm-hmm. epilepsy. And they understood sickness and they understood demonic possession as being something other than. Mm-hmm. And as a guy that used to be a shrink, uh, I appreciate those categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really want to run down that trail because we're, we're, in fact, we've got zero minutes now. So we've got to land this plane. And then we're going to talk about John the Baptist okay. losing his head next time. Okay. But thank you so much. And thank Good you for, for being a part of this. We're going to leave you alone. Please check out, um, by the way, subscribe, like, and hit the bell. It means the world to us to know you're there, but it also moves us up in Google rankings so that people looking for Jesus stories can find them. All right. Thank you. God bless.